Well, I'm overwhelmed right now with a lot of stuff that I'm doing and classes start on Monday. And I, okay. I, I still have to, I got three syllabi to get up. So like I'm supposed to have them up today, but they're not going to be up today. And, <laughs> um, but I, as long as they're up tomorrow, I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. And, um, but what I, it's just, they should have been done say two weeks ago, but I, I had a summer class for the first time as well. Ah. And then I went to Martha's Vineyard uh, for, to the, oh, um, for the festival. Yeah, the to the festival. Yeah. And so, and then I'm editing, I'm editing three to four uh, projects right now, trying to finish writing a script. And I'm, I'm like writing grants for, for money for, um, for the different things that I'm doing at the school. And uh, wow. yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a lot. So it's a lot. Okay. So ladies and gentlemen, he just introduced himself. Okay. <laughs> we have Tony Clomax on the podcast. Thank you, Tony. Well, thank you for <laughs> having me. I'm, I really appreciate it. Welcome to another episode of So Mind Boggling Journeys. I'm your host, Bettina Goolsby. I'm an actor and dreamer slash creative continuing to go after my dreams. So much of this journey is just so mind boggling, hence the title, for either reasons of utter disappointment or the manifestation beyond what I could have ever imagined. Follow along as I check in with other creatives along the way and learn what so mind boggling things they have to say and what it's like pursuing the dream while living the in-between. Actually, I haven't seen your face in the in a in a long time. You know, it's, it's been a minute. Yes, it's been a minute. Um, okay, but we'll get into that. So, I just want to introduce you to the listeners. Tony is a writer, director, producer, editor, teacher. Okay, hence all those things he was saying beforehand that he's working on. You have a lot going on. So because you kicked it off with talking about uh, teaching and working on your syllabi, uh, you are now teaching film production and screenwriting at HBCU's Prairie View A&M University down in Prairie View, Texas. So how is that going? Like now being a teacher? Um, Well, I never set out to be a professor. Um, I never even considered it. And it was in um, 2018 when I was a guest to come and and speak during uh, Calm Week, and I, they had me run a few workshops and things like that. So um, the chairperson at the time, she pulled me to the side. She's like, "I want you to come teach here," and I was like, "Yeah, no, nah, you know, I'm a filmmaker, and I'm you know, I'm focused on that." But it was at that time that I was about to make my move to LA again. So I was already getting, you know, mentally ready to leave New York. And she just kept at me, kept at me, at me. And then after a couple of months, I said, you know what? I'll try it out. And at least it puts me halfway to L.A. And um, so I got to be honest, you know, I always have one foot in, one foot out. So after after each semester, (laughs) I would just go back to New York um, and I was um, I was actually um, doing some um, some um, um, shadowing uh, mm-hmm. on, um, on some TV shadowing. And so 
I was doing all of that. So my, my whole idea was I'm getting ready to finally direct television. Mm-hmm. And, um, and as I was moving towards that, boom, pandemic. Yes. And, um, and so it was at that time. And then um, you probably knew my, my brother, my oldest and my only brother that passed from COVID as well. So it was a mix. And then my, and then I, 30, less than 30 days later, I found out my strange father had passed. So it was, it was a lot of stuff going on. Yeah. It was a lot of stuff going on. So I made that decision, to, you know, and then I got offered a tenure track position mm. and, and I had to make a decision. And so it was 2020 when I decided, okay, I'm going to make Houston my home mm-hmm. and I'm going to, you know, be this tenure track film professor and I'm going to really um, buy into rebuilding and establishing our program as a, as one of the go-to, you know, film, television, radio um, programs, um, not only, you know, in Texas, but amongst all the um, HBCUs and, um, and other schools. So that's, that's yeah. kind of what I've been doing, making this juggling. So. Yes. Oh my gosh. So what I love about this is I was just saying to another um, actress friend of mine how we'll have an idea what our plan is, right? And the plan is always to do what it is we want to do, right? So, you know, your plan is you're like, no, I'm going to be, you know, directing, writing and directing TV or whatever, right? Me, I'm like, oh, no, I'm going to be acting in these projects, right? Right, exactly. Life just kind of happens and it's like, then you're doing this other thing. It's still kind of in the world, right? You're right, it's adjacent right. to, but it isn't necessarily that thing, like the the end goal, the quote unquote destination. So right. how was how was that reconciling for you? It was great timing though because it was during the pandemic with mm-hmm. everything shut down. So you got yourself a good steady Eddie, which I'm sure right. was right, right. very you know exactly. very unexpected, but a blessing indeed, right? But like, how did you then, how did you reconcile the fact it wasn't exactly your plan and what you thought you would be doing? Well, I will say this. Um, now I've done, I've done just the same amount of work um, production wise out uh, um, that I did like out of New York when I was living in New York. Okay. So one, one of the things that um, having this uh, so-called you know, career nine to five is as an artist and you're not out here with these struggle jobs. Or you know, when I was in New York, I was I was a entrepreneur. Like I worked for myself, right? Yeah. So one of the things that happened was the 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 smell of um the smell of desperation was washed off. So when somebody would come to me with a project and with their budget, and if it if I was if it wasn't aligned with me and financially and you know something that I wanted to do, I could just say no and not feel like, well, day I better take this because you know I got to pay these bills in the next two weeks, you know. So I, that eliminated all of that. Um, the other thing is you know, becoming a professor of film production and, and uh, communications and, you know, doing screenwriting and audio and all of that, it's made me a better filmmaker mm. because I had to go back to the basics and 
learn how to teach the teach the stuff to to folks who you know don't know anything about it. And um, you know, I used to run workshops in New York and stuff. You know, with, with my web series, I used to do these you know web series workshops and things like that. But this was on a different level, so it just made me a it made me a better student because I'm constantly reading. I'm constantly watching videos. I'm constantly staying on top of things that are going on in the industry, technology wise, um, staying sharp as a writer. Um, but I'm also, I'm still producing content. So that's one of the things that the students get is, wow, our professor got these films in these film festivals. Oh, our professor just won the ABFF 2021 best uh, screenplay, you know, so it's like, yeah, I'm not just teaching you how to do this. I am doing this. So, so that's one of the, um, th that's one of the many reasons that I was able to like buy into this and accept it because I'm still creating and I'm, be I am becoming a better filmmaker because I am a better student so I can be a better teacher mm -hmm. and I'm doing it every day like mm -hmm. every day i'm doing something where i'm learning and staying on top of my craft and i gotta say i'm just like you know like man like i some of the stuff that i do now like i'm like man i wish i had this i wish i was doing this when i first started like i, I have an M mfa and a lot, a lot of the things that I'm, i do now like i i wasn't taught that in my program i wasn't doing it back then because i'm just the, my whole approach to it is differently. It's different now. And and so I'm just like, it's just, I'm very regiment, regiment. Like it's, it's, I have to learn, 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 and then I have to apply. And so that's, that's how I've been able to accept it. The fact that I still, you know, my colleagues and I, we go to film festivals, we're still um, engaging with the community. We're building relationships. Um, um, with different companies and um, streaming services and, 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 um, and uh, you know, places like uh, Paramount Plus and Sony and ABC Signature. So I'm constantly on top of this stuff. So that's, that's how I'm able to be like, okay, mm -hmm. Professor Clomax, that's not a bad thing. Or, um, oh, uh, the director of um, film and television, at Prairie View and M University. That's okay. That sounds good. You know, so that's how I'm able to to accept that. That's the long answer to your, yes. your question. No, I love that because I say the same thing. So I've been working like in corporate jobs, like freelance gigs, you know. Mm -hmm. And now that I'm past the point of being like, oh my gosh, like I'm supposed to be doing, you know, whatever this acting project is or in this acting world, you know, 24-7, I'm like, oh, I'm actually learning how to be a better producer because you know, it's so task oriented and it's so right. detail oriented. And I'm like, oh, it just makes me even better of a producer when it's time for me to produce, you know, my own projects, you know, going yes. forward or whatever. 
So, okay. So we talked about how you are a writer, director, producer of Maximize Productions. You mm -hmm. have directed over 50 episodes of cable and streaming, which you just talked about. Um, so I want to talk about a couple things. Let me see. Where do I want to start? Where do I want to start? I think I want to start with 21 steps to recovery. Oh, 12 steps, 12 steps. Wait, did I say 21? <laughs> well, there were 20, we ended with 21 episodes. Yes. But God forbid, were, if there was 21 steps, people would, would never get out the uh, the dating pool. <laughs> no. no, it was 12 steps, excuse me, 12 <laughs> steps to recovery, which was a or is a web series slash TV series with like a slew of New York actors um, featuring Caliber. And if I say this last name wrong, is it so, so, so. Yeah, so Caliber so say. Yeah. Um, which rest we want to say RIP. Yes. yes, we want to say RIP to him. Um, it was very shocking, and I did not know him personally, but because of his age and everything, I still was affected by that. Um, we had Stephen Hill in there, who is a longtime brother and collaborator of yours, yes. um, and Erica Myers. Yes. And so basically, this series, um, they set up, Parrish is his name. They set him up on a series of 12 blind dates. And it's about all the shenanigans that come along with those dates. And that was around 2010 to 2012. Now, yeah. where can we see this now? And I want to talk to you about this in terms of the streaming, too, because when I looked on IMDb, mm -hmm. I didn't see where I could see it, where I could find right, it. Right, right. Yeah. So it's so it's so crazy. The you know, it was such a um, great learning process because uh, my producing partner, Emlyn Stewart, you know, we, I mean, we had meetings with BET and, you know, that we were trying to get, you know, get a um, deal with them. And then they got purchased and the folks that we were dealing with weren't there anymore. It was just this ongoing cycle. And then, you know, we were on all um, different um, streaming platforms for a while. We, you know, we were making money. And then we were um, doing a deal with uh, um, um, with this company that was going to be launching a uh, new streaming service. And, and, and to be honest, the, the guy was probably trying to make, he was probably trying to make a combination of Tubi and All Black Mm. Back in 2012, 2013. And um, and so to say the least, we got caught up in that. That didn't work out. And so it was all these different opportunities where we were going to be, you know, making a show, uh, um, you know, on television. Mm -hmm. It didn't it just didn't happen. And, you know, and and I started doing other stuff and, you know, all the actors started doing other things and. Then the next time, you know, you hear like, oh, somebody's interested and then we'll start it, start the talks again. Then it wouldn't go anywhere. And then at that point, I just got, you know, I just got really tired mm. of it. And um, and so it's crazy that I see um, a lot of shows that um, came up after, you know, after my show. You can see it, you know, um, you can see it on Tubi, um, things like that. I, I I've been thinking about okay, well, do I do I put it on Tubi? Do I you know? And yes. I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know if. Yes. I mean, honestly, it's kind of it's it was already prepared for television streaming on television when we were dealing with this um, with this um, with this network. 
Mm-hmm. And so it didn't happen. So I had put together basically seven um, half an hour episodes. So I kind of recut the I recut the series. And so I was like, OK, we got we got seven half hour episodes. That'll be good. But, you know, we would need to kind of like pick this thing up. So mm-hmm. so I don't know. It's something to consider. I You know, just last year, last December, I had somebody come to me saying, hey, you know, we're we're interested if we can get this on. Are, are you interested? I'm like, OK, yeah, sure. But, you know, that didn't happen. I never heard back from them about it. So mm-hmm. I don't you know, I don't lose sleep over it. Um, you know, it was a it was a nice moment in time. I'm sure it inspired a lot of different um, shows that came after it. Um, I, I know that um, a lot of um, actors cut their teeth on it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like Stephen Hill, that was really Stephen's first time doing like a, a series, but but doing Twelve Steps definitely prepared him for um, doing Magnum PI. You know, because it's different. It's different when you're doing um, uh, ep- something episodic compared to a film. You know, because you get to live with the character for a long time, and um, you know, we, and we spent we spent two years, you know, making that show, and um, you know, you know, it's something I'm proud of, and that's that's what got me into the Writers Guild. I was going to ask you what the project yeah, so, was. It was yeah, twelve so that's, steps. That's how that's how I got into the Writers Guild because the Writers Guild oh, saw yeah. what was happening with web series, and they were just like, okay, well, we we're going to open this thing up for people who were, you know, producing um, a lot of content. And um, and so that's how I got in. So I've been a member um, since 2010. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so let me ask you a question. So why are you even contemplating whether or not you should or not put on TV? I mean... I mean, outside of... <laughs> you know, I, I feel like... I feel like, okay... It would be there for for everyone to see because that's how, you know, it was meant to be. You know, we were working with the, um, you know, with that other streaming service. And um, like I said, it's in the half hour uh, format. It's all ready to go. Um, So I guess I don't know. Maybe that's something I need to look into. Mm -hmm. Um, And on Tubi or on Tubi. okay? and they're watching (laughs) Tubi down. Right, right. Yeah, they are. And um, and I look at it, you know, one of one of the things that I always say is like, okay, you know, always try to, um, you know, with the next project, you know, be better, make, you know, make your work better. And um, so there were like, there were things that, you know, that I didn't even know when I was making that series. And, um, and it's just like, hey, like, like I was making this, I was making this show. I didn't know these things, but I, 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 I knew them instinctively, but I wasn't taught these things. Like I never, I never, I wasn't taught to write for television. You know, in my film program, it was just, you know, we're, we're writing, we're writing for, for, for either um, narrative shorts or narrative features, or you're doing documentaries. It was never like, okay, this is how you write structure. Uh, you know, uh, doing a, 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 a five act 
um, structure for, you know, for a television show, you know, and, and so it was, uh, that stuff I didn't know, but, but when you watch it, it's like, oh, I must've knew something because I was feeling it, <laughs> you know, and I made it work. But, um, and then, you know, we shot, we shot that show on a 5D and 7D. And, um, but I mean, when, you know, when you look at it, it was, it still holds up. Yes. Um, you know, and I mean, like you can, I, listen, there are things from the 1940s that I watch. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so for me to feel like, oh, oh yeah, that's, it's dated. It's from 2010 and 2011 and 2012. No, you know, funny is funny. Love is love. Adventure is, it's adventures, you know? Um, so I think people would still enjoy watching it. So, mm-hmm. so, you know, I never even, I never even thought about Tubi until right now. So maybe that's something I'll look into, but I remember now, um, I was only on YouTube for maybe a few episodes. Then I didn't um, distribute to YouTube. We were doing Blip TV. Mm-hmm. So we were, that's how you had to watch our show on Blip TV. And that's how we made money. And um, and, if, and people really found out about our show because we had, um, uh, we had our show attached to Essence.com. Wow. So when you went to when you went to Essence website and you saw ads, there was an ad for 12 Steps to Recovery. Wow. And so you click on that and then you watch the latest episode. But then if you wanted to, it gave you an option to go back and watch the previous episodes. Mm-hmm. And that's how we that's how we really made money. Mm. And then um, Blip didn't. You know, because the way the um, the revenue share was, it was uh, I think Blip. I think they got like forty percent. I think it was forty percent, and we got sixty. But we were making we were making a lot. Of, you know, we were making some decent money, and they didn't understand. Well, how are you making so much money? And it's just like because people were watching the show, and um, so that's when they were just saying like, oh. Yeah, you can't have you can't have your show attached to um, a uh, a magazine uh, uh, website. It was, yeah, it was it was crazy. Yeah, that sounds crazy. That sounds because why? Well, well, yeah. why? You know. Um, okay, so you took twelve steps, and then like you were saying, how you know you want to get better with each project. You took right. all the learnings from twelve steps, and then you wrote another series called Date Love Repeat. Right. So Date Love Repeat actually wasn't my, it wasn't my show. I was hired to do Oh Date my Love God, Repeat. I thought you wrote that. I thought you well, wrote I did. Okay. I did. I was, I was, I was, um, um, I was hired. And, um, and so the, the, um, the, the, the producer creator had an idea, came to me and um, wanted me to write it wanted me to direct it, edit it. Um, I brought on um, a cinematographer, um, uh, Castro. I, I, I can't, um, I can't remember her first name, which, you know, I'm embarrassed. I can't remember right now, but last name Castro, uh, Latina sister. And, um, and I was, I was second camera on it. 
And um, and so basically I help um, develop the characters more, uh, created this world. Uh, we did, you know, did the structure, everything like that. And then I wrote, I wrote all the scripts. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. And now, you know, I, she got a nice little discount because, and that was the other thing. So, so this is, this is the thing, you know, where the writer's guild comes into play, you know, like the writer's guild is there to protect us, mm-hmm. you know, writers and stuff. However, when it comes to, you know, things on the indie level, if somebody wants to hire you, they they pretty much can't afford you. Mm. You know, they just can't. They can't afford you. So you have to make a decision. It's like, okay, well, am I, am I going to work some deal out? Am I going to take X amount of dollars up front and then take some, you know, a percentage on the back end, you know, we, you know, making money. Um, so you have to make those decisions um but one of the things that i've decided um was that you know when it comes to someone wanting to hire me as a writer um the last project i did that and it was with one of my students so that was it like that that's the last person that's getting <laughs> any type of um kind of hookup or whatever um, and so if somebody wants to hire me as a writer, then they're going to have to hire me as a WGA East writer. Uh-huh. And, and, it's, and that's just what it is. Yes. Okay. So break it down for the listeners, right? So what do you feel like you don't get with just being a writer for hire that gets like a flat fee basically in the beginning? Well, it's the, it's the amount of money that, I mean, that's what it comes down to. It's just, it's the amount of money. And so if if you okay, if you gotta, if the minimum for me is what, if it's if it's forty five thousand dollars, <laughs> and and your budget, and your budget is sixty thousand dollars, you you can't you can't afford me because, yeah, we're I might be writing all the stuff, but then okay, how, how is it gonna get made? Because you only got ten twelve thousand dollars left, mm-hmm. you know, so. And that's where it comes out. So when it when it comes to doing my own projects, it's not an issue. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna pay myself in other other ways. Mm-hmm. You know, but I'm creating something that it's mine, right? But when it comes to um, you know getting hired, honestly, you know, a lot of a lot of folks with their indie projects, they can't really afford to hire a, a WGA writer. Mm-hmm. I see what you're saying. And so basically, because my my initially when you said that, I was thinking, so if you all are working out a deal, then you can say, okay, I'm going to give you this hookup in the beginning, and then I'm going to get X amount on the back end. But the back end isn't guaranteed and such. So then at the end of the day, you could be like, oh, my God, I actually spent all this time, all these hours working on this. I discounted my $45,000 fee for 10,000 or whatever. And then now there's, there's not even anything to get on the back end. So I totally kind of use yourself is what you And and you know what? It helps to have an agent. And when I worked on say date, love, repeat, uh, I didn't have, I didn't have my agent yet. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so of course she would have, she probably would have, 
she may would would have been like, yeah, I don't want you, I don't want you doing it. You know, I don't want you doing that. And um, so, but um, and right now, I'm I don't have an agent. Okay, so I've had an agent all the way up until uh, I want to say maybe a year and a half ago. You know, and that's the thing, an agent, you have to be making money. Yes. So your agent can make money. Right. And um, and so, you know, they're like I said, there were different opportunities that were, um, you know, coming my way. And then, you know, the pandemic and then now, you know, we got this strike and stuff. Right. So it's, it's kind of like, oh, I gotta start over again. Yes. Oh, my God. I got to start over again. And so so one of the things that I've decided and listen. I, I love TV. I love TV. I want to direct TV. Um, I want to write for TV. Uh, but I'm not going to beg. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not going to beg for it. And and so one of the things that I need to focus on is like constant. I, I'm just going to focus on my art. I'm going to, um, you know, make my films and let them do what they're going to do. And then, and if somebody wants to bring me in and, um, and, you know, they say, Oh, you know, we, we, we love what you're doing. And, you know, we want you to come in and shadow, you know, for this episode, because we want you to direct the next one or something like that. I'm all down for, I'm down for that. But as far as like, you know, like doing any of the programs, at this point, like I'm not, I'm not applying to any more programs. I'm, I'm just not, I'm not doing that anymore. And um, call it, you can refer to it as a young man's game or young woman's game or whatever. Um, and, and I don't want to take anything from people who actually get into the programs. Um, they're, you know, they can only accept so many people. They can only accept so many people. And um, and sometimes if you can only accept so many people, there's diff- different categories that you need to make sure you're able to check. And um, and so I don't want to even get caught up in all of that. I don't want to I don't want to be the person feeling like, man, that's political, man. That's this that I don't even want to be like that. So what's for me is for me and what's not is not. So I got to let the work speak for itself. I'm just going to continue writing. I'm going to continue, you know, I'm, I'm, um, I got two productions that I'm going to be doing, um, in the next, uh, the next year, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to do a production in January and then I got a production in June. And so that's going to be it for me when it comes to short films, but I'm using these short films to leverage into getting, the proper funding for a feature film that is mine. And, um, and that's the other thing is just like, you know, being in these situations where you got to cut so many corners or you're working with people who want to cut corners and that's not how you want to work. And, you know, and then you don't have the, uh, the right amount of money, the right budget. So now things are always going to go wrong on productions. Always. It doesn't matter if you Steven Spielberg or Spike Lee or Michael Mann or or whomever, something always goes wrong on a production. But usually you have the finances to to deal with it. Right. 
or you know the person that's there has the flexibility and the creativity to come up with you know with a you know problem solve and 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 then make it work you know but it is harder when you don't have those type of funds and so for me if somebody says yeah yeah i, I got this um i got this 30 $40,000 I can give you to go make this feature film. Can, can I make a feature film with, with $40,000? Uh, yeah, but, <laughs> you know, is it going to be something that I really want to do? You know, and, 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 okay, maybe if I was to take that money and make it, make it a film that's in one location and, and I'm able to bring in some, you know, some at least two to three actors that are super solid actors and I can house them on campus and we shoot in the summer and I work a deal out with the school where they, where they're <laughs> able to eat. It's on, a finagle on a finagle on a finagle. So yeah, I can, I could probably, yeah, I could probably make it work, you know, but do I want to do that? <laughs> you know, I, the, the, the experience that I had in Dallas, with the um, with the feature film with my student, we that hasn't come out yet. Actually, listen, it is it's a funny film. Um, we 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 had a lot of fun making that film. Um, I can't wait for people to look at it and stuff. But there are things that happen, like it always happens on film productions, and you have to adjust. And so all I'm going to say is this, I'm not saying no names or nothing like that um, because, you know, I don't want to badmouth people. I, I could, but I'm not. But imagine your lead actress trying to strong arm your project, you know, right before shooting. And you don't have, you know, you're not going to have that. And so I had to make a decision. I fired her three hours before we were supposed to start shooting. Yeah. So imagine that. So now I could I could be like um, some other directors and be like, oh, my God, you know, like, what am I going to do? I can I could fold and give in. And, and then what? No, I could say, all right, well, we had to start over. So everybody we flew in from New York and stuff like that. Hey, just consider this time a vacation for you. No. I had to I had to flip the script and and I and I I was like, you know, and let me tell you, Kelly Janelle is is the real VIP cuz she was playing a um she was playing a, um the sister of the lead character. And I was just like, "Listen, I need you to I need you to play the lead." I wow. said, "Can you can you do it?" And she said, uh, okay." And then I had another actress, Tiffany uh La Tiffany um Dunn who was supposed to be there for one day to play a small role. I said, Hey, can you play the sister? So, so what went from one day on, 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 uh, um, part of the production went to eight days. So I, I shut everything down for one day and I said, all right, guys, you two are going to learn your new roles and we're just going to have to, um, catch up. You know, and and we'll sh the way we're shooting, just learn. I already had the schedule laid out. I said, so learn, learn your lines in this order. 
because <laughs> I was shooting out a sequence and I was just like, let's just be prepared for these scenes on these days. And um, the thing that that I was at a uh, really disadvantage and I br- brought my my homeboy, um, uh, Charles Gates in to be the DP and I was second camera. We had a big old um, dolly and stuff. I mean, we, I, I had all this, all these big shots, moving shots, all mapped out and stuff. I was like, yeah, we're gonna make this great romantic comedy. And but once I, once I had to fire the actress, and we had to, we lost that. We were already against the gun, you know, doing a two camera setup for for a hundred and eighty six. I mean, for eighty six page script and i made a decision that i i stand by now i still stand by it all the dolly shots all of those all those fancy shots they they had to go out the window because we had to we had to play catch up we had to make our day and um and so that's that's what we did to make sure that we made the film because we had these actors from new york for this amount of time and had i been like no no we're still gonna have this dolly so now we setting up and so we got you know i must i had a student who's my ad i had another student who was my um uh, my ac and um some of the other people that we had hired they decided that they couldn't make it you know this is 2021 and so people were still feeling kind of funny about the, you know, the pandemic and things like that. I was just like, yo, if you if you part, if you're gonna be on set and you're not in front of the camera, everybody gotta wear a mask. Some people didn't want to like, I don't wear no mask. So that's you know, they decided they didn't want to be a part of the production. Oh god. You know, you gotta be remember really? we're shooting in Texas. I had to get crew, you know, from somebody from from Austin, somebody, somebody was coming in from LA. They decided they weren't coming. It was like, I'll tell you this. The guy who was supposed to come and shoot the behind the scenes stuff, this brother was driving from Virginia. He was just like, I just, I want to learn and this and that. I'm like, look, bro, you get here. We take care. I look, We can give you gas money, trip back. You ain't got to worry about where you stand, what you eat and this and that. But, you know, we're going to, pay for that travel and things like that brother drove by one state had to turn back around wife wife had had a a a medical emergency oh my gosh and he had to turn around it it was like everything that could go wrong on the production went wrong it sounds like it and had that brother been there to shoot the behind the scenes I would have had my my uh, my heart my heart of darkness. I would have had the 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 footage for one of the greatest documentaries of all time, because I when I say everything that went wrong, but we were resilient and we stuck with it. And um, and I I gotta say, I mean it's it's that's what that's who I am. That's that's how I'm built. You know, I that comes from. That comes from my my background in athletics, walking on, you know, walking on to an um, to a, a Division One school, HBCU school, and and um, and eventually earning some scholarship money and and becoming the starting running back, 
you know, from a walk on. And, and, you know, or being told that I couldn't do something. So it was just like, I could have quit, but I'm not, I'm just not built for that. And so everybody's looking at me like, dang, what are we going to do? And so if I don't quit, you know, you don't quit. Right. If if, if I'm wearing five different hats, you know, if I'm, we didn't, we didn't have our audio person until we, I mean, till day three, guess what? I'm over there doing the audio too. You have a second camera and direct. (laughs) But at the end of the day, when we screen this film at Stewart uh, Stewart Cinema Cafe, that audience was laughing their butt off. Mm. That audience and and that audience was filled with 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 artists, with filmmakers. And so afterwards, I, you know, I, I spoke and I shared some of what happened their mouths dropped. They were like, what? (laughs) All that happened and you got this on screen? Like, and so, you know, standing ovation because we made a film and everybody who was supposed to be in that film, they're in that film. I just wish we would have had two weeks with them properly preparing with the new actors. So it was it was kind of a power move that the actress, uh, who's a local Houston actress, that she tried to do, and um, but you know it didn't it didn't stop us. Wow! But I do wish I do wish that sister the best. I do. Oh my God. I really do. Uh, it's crazy. It's like two movies: the, the actual movie and then the movie behind <laughs> right, it. So right, right, right. It was its own movie. Um, oh my goodness! Um, but like you were saying earlier, every project you learn so much, and it helps you for the next. So imagine your next project, like you're you're getting so refined and like sharper, you know? Because it sounds like going through that experience, like you learn so much from that. I just listen. I want to do a film where I'm not behind the camera, where I'm not worrying about sound where I'm not, all I'm doing is sitting in my nice little uh, um, fancy director's chair, looking at the monitor or getting down on one knee in the scene, giving the actors direction. That's what I want to do. Come back, um, say some things to to, uh, my DP you know, so they can go ahead and do whatever with the lights and and let be clear about how I want the camera moving and all of that. That's all I want to do and sit there and listen to the best sound ever. Because we know we ain't got anything without good sound. And I just want to submerge myself in the directing. That's that's what's going to happen on these next projects that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Because I have to show people that, yeah, I can do, I can wear all these hats, I can make a production, but when I got the, when I have the right money, and when I'm able to just focus on directing, this is what I can do. So that's what these um, two um, upcoming um, short films that I'm going to be doing um, in the next year. That's the purpose of that. To pretty much reintroduce the uh, industry to what I can do Mm -hmm. as a, as a filmmaker, as a director. Mm -hmm. 
And I love you have a very clear vision of what you want. You know, you're going yeah. into these projects very intentional. Um, so, Tony, mm -hmm. you think that um, I brought you on here to talk about your little films and your little web series <laughs> and TV series and all of that. Okay. But what I really brought you up here for is because I don't know if you know, Mm. But I have auditioned for about three of your projects, okay, of which I have not booked any single one. So this is not actually an interview. What, this is what, an ambush, actually. What, what three projects? <laughs> um, okay, I'm going to come back to that one. Mm. Sister Mary, Sister <laughs> in, the Mary. Harlem, in the Harlem Film Project. Oh, well, that, that, that wasn't even produced. Okay. Monica Forrester. That was something that wasn't produced either. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, 12 steps to, re <laughs> to recovery. That's possible because we had a we had a hundred a hundred actors mm -hmm. in that show. Every New York actor was in there except for me. Okay, that's fine. And then actually it's a fourth one, okay? The fourth one was, and you're going to be shocked that I am mentioning this one because this was forever ago. This shows how long we've actually known each other, even if we're not in contact, okay? Oh, I know what you're going to say. Disciplinary yeah, actions. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, Diana Smith's project. Yes. Oh my gosh. What a blast from the past, right? What role did you apply? For? I mean, did you audition for that? I don't, I don't, I, I don't know. I'd have to, I'd have to look back. <laughs> because I mean, I really, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think, I think D pretty much oversaw that. Well, ladies, wait, <laughs> not you. No, no, it won't me. It was D. <laughs> well, I got to give D, I got to give her a call. She, she, um, Left me a message last week, so I, I gotta call her back. <laughs> oh my gosh! But, uh, no, what I've learned after all these years, right? Is one, I was shocked, right? Because I, you know, I was doing research, you know, and mm. just kind of like going through the archives or whatever. Right, right, and I was right. Like, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize this, right? Um, but what you learn is that, like, all of that doesn't even matter. There's all these other factors that go into play that a lot of times right. don't even have anything to do with the actor, or maybe it did. Maybe, maybe it did, or maybe it did. I don't know. <laughs> you know what? A lot of times it's um, it's chemistry. Yes. It, it's not even it's not even about you know. Hey, you can you can be Allen Iverson, right? You could be Allen Iverson, but are you trying to team Allen Iverson up with Jordan? Right. No, it's true. No, but but you would team Allen Iverson up with LeBron James. That would work. Hmm, okay. You would definitely do that. I don't think I know basketball enough to oh. <laughs> quite connect that reference. But, 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 yeah. but, yeah, but, but that, no, but that still applies, right? Because it's like you don't know what's going on behind the scenes that makes more sense to them. Yeah. And, you know, I, I'm not trying to make this awkward. <laughs> but I also didn't realize this. One, you were talking about how you did, um, you know, how you were doing jobs. You did you cut the reel for Steph? Her at one of her, I think maybe her first actor reel. Um, and Steph has been on the show, and I was like, oh my god, I which, forgot. It. Which Steph? Steph Williams. Stephanie. Williams. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Her and um her husband. Oh, and Storm. Yeah, oh yeah. my gosh, 
I love it. I, and yeah. so, and then I don't know if you remember this because I hadn't remembered this, but you actually cut a reel for my really good friend, Brandis Russell. Um, me and Shireen um, Miller Russell had put together um, a reel for her because she has this, she had a great idea for this doll project. And you put together this reel that we wanted to put together to kind of like re-inspire her and to show her like all the different work that she had kind of already put into it and just her vision mm -hmm. and her dreams and all that. And we put that together and I was like, oh my God, Tony, cut that. Oh, Tony, goodness. that was seriously like over 10 years ago. And I was like, oh my gosh. I was like shocked. Shoot, I get, you got, I'm trying to remember that. I'm I, I would I don't know why I would not have remembered that, but I would not have remembered that if I didn't go digging through the crates in preparation right. for this. And I was like, oh my gosh, you know? Um, so another thing in digging through the crates, um, and you know, I mentioned to you earlier, I think before we started recording, where I was like, oh my God, Tony, like you look great. Like you really look like no time has passed. And I remember yeah. back in the day you were doing yoga and I was like, you must still be doing yoga now then. Are you still doing yoga? Nah, listen, <laughs> I don't do, they so Bikram, they have Bikram, but it's it's so far out. Like I'm not driving an hour to go do uh yoga. Now yoga is now so readily available. There's a studio within an hour of where you are. Well not Bikram. Not not Oh Bikram. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And and that's the other thing. It's just like I'm not gonna leave work after a long day and then like to be just yeah. because things are really spread out in Houston and um, you got to be very strategic. you right. So, so that now I say this, if there was a place um, that was on like right off of 290 between where I drive to from campus mm -hmm. home, oh, I, I, I probably would go in there probably four or five times a, a, a week. Mm. But, uh, you know, like every style of yoga is not, you know, it's not the same. And no. so, yeah. Because I was going to recommend, I think I went to a place called Generation Yoga that was great, but it's definitely not Bikram. Unless yeah. that's a new offering, but I don't know. It was just regular vinyasa when I went. <laughs> but yeah. vinyasa is great. And, you know, but I don't know. Yeah. You know what you like. So you, you do you. Yeah, it's just, it's just the, it's the commute. <laughs> It's okay. to commute to go do it, and it's just it's just a lot. So yeah. it's like, yeah, it, it has to be convenient. Yeah. Okay. So what about YouTube? Are there some Bikram yoga classes? Well, on then YouTube I or? mean, how am I going to be? I need a hot room. Mm. That's the whole reason why I, you know it's like you in Houston. Go out on the patio. No. Oh, so now you try, now I'm, I'm trying to have a stroke out here. He stroke. <laughs> Listen, those rooms get so hot. I feel like it, it's equivalent to being out on the patio. Yeah, that, that's a little different than to have the heat and the sun <laughs> to be frying, you know, the back of your neck like like bacon. Yes. No. But, I um, but what I do is um, I walk. Actually, I um, I try to get in a four mile walk. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, in the morning. And the early morning, because Houston is hot. Well, it has to be. It has to be early because of you know my my schedule. Yes. And um, but like on the weekends or uh, on my day off, then it, you know, like I might go out. It, it could be like ten a.m. You know, which it's like it's hot, but 
it, it takes me it takes me an hour mm -hmm. to finish and so i'm i'm beating that noontime heat mm -hmm. i'm still getting heat but not that noontime heat <laughs> not that noontime right right type heat right there yeah so but um but yeah you know i i I got my kettlebells here. Um, you know, I stretch things like that. And as, as you see, I'm, I mean, I'm on my second bottle of water since we've been on this, you know, be doing the show. Mm -hmm. So you gotta, you gotta hydrate. Mm -hmm. The problem that I'm having though, is, uh, I'm not, I know, I know for a fact that I'm not getting enough sleep. Oh yeah. I'm not getting enough sleep. And, um, and that's, that usually happens when I'm like, uh, I have a lot of editing projects, but also it's like, oh, I got to get ready for the semester, you know? So once, once I get a couple of things like off my plate, mm -hmm. then it's just like, okay, because that's one of the things that I'm going to, I'm really trying to just kind of like not do anymore like that is the editing. Okay. Which is crazy. Cause in my mind, I actually think of you as like in addition to writer director i think if you probably well god that's hard because i do think of you as a producer but definitely an editor well yeah i mean i've edited i mean so many people's projects you know what? like outside of their reels and stuff you know right. so many so many different um films yes you know and um and so like right now like i i i'm you know two documentaries that i shot i have to edit Actually, three documentaries I shot. I have to edit. Then also um, the documentary series, uh, Homecoming Ready by Hampton's Homecoming. Um, I'm doing episode six right now, which is it. Um, so I got I have to get that done um, and get that to my client. And then I have to do the um, sound mixes for um, the remaining um, three episodes that need it. Yeah, so I have to have that done, and um, and then I also have like my corporate clients. I'm doing a campaign for iHeartRadio, and um, yeah, so uh, so it's a lot. Oh my gosh! Okay, so before you get, before we get out of here, I want to ask you: Would you say because you know the the title of the podcast is so mind boggling journeys, right? And so mm -hmm. mind boggling can be two things. It can be one the most amazing mind-blowing, mind-boggling thing that you could have ever imagined, right? Your greatest mm -hmm. imagination or dreams come to life. Or it could be like, the what in the world, the most unexpected, but, you know, not in a great way, the most, you know, disheartening, um, unfortunate situation. So what would you say on both ends, what have been the two so mind-boggling things that have happened to you along your journey thus far? Hmm. On both ends of the spectrum, mind boggling. Mm -hmm. Um, man, I don't know if I want to say that. Yeah. Oh, you got to say that, because that's what the thing. That's what the so mind boggling thing is. <laughs> I would say this. Um, I would say something that has been mind boggling is like some, some of the people that you come up that I came up with, um, you know, like working together or collaborating or whatever. And let's say that they've just gone off and just really 
They're just doing it, right? And um, so there's a number of people who have just, they've just killed it and they're killing it. And um, and so to see that and to celebrate them and everything, but then get into a, get into a position where um, they act like they don't know you. Yes. That's been mind boggling for people who have reached out to me and for me to take, cause I can go on. This is before even being a professor, you know, I've had so many people, you know, over the years reach out, and ask me for my help or my opinion and this and that. And I would take the time to, to give them that. And, you know, and to think that we've had this camaraderie or whatever. And, and then in turn, um, to have my agent come back to me and say, I thought you knew such and such. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, uh, yeah, I do. Why? They're just, they're acting like they don't even know who you are. And, and I'm just, so now I got to pull out receipts and, you know, share with my agent. And, and now, you know, her mouth, her mouth is open. She's like, I, I'm sorry. I, the way they were talking, I, I thought you weren't even telling the truth, but I see otherwise. And I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. But so that's been mind boggling. And so that's something that's something that I had to um, tell myself. I'm like, you know what? You and when we when you do things for people, you have to do it without expecting anything in return. And so, for me to like go so many such a long time and not ask for any favors, anything like that, but to legitimately be submitted for something or whatever. And here's your opportunity to kind of pay it forward. And you're known for that. And now, you know, and it's, I'm being, you know, you're not paying it forward to me. It's like, oh, damn. Oh, okay. So that's something that um, I, I got to say, you know, kind of like was bothering me for a while, but, but I had to, I had to let it go. I had to release it. And, um, and, and it's funny that you asked me that because I had to just, I had to release that this year mm. and, and it's just, yeah. So it's just, um, I'm like, okay, cool. But on the other end, the other mind boggling thing is the fact that I'm an actual tenure track professor that I have to start preparing for the next stage of when I'm going to go up for tenure. Um, so it's mind boggling that I'm actually in that position. I would have never even thought I would ever be a college professor. And, um, so to stand in front of a, a class of, um, you know, of young people and to contribute to molding and shaping, um, their talents and, and how they see the industry and and to create opportunities for them that's that's mind-boggling to me as well yes ah yes. uh. <laughs> uh. 
I feel both of those. I feel both of those. And um, I don't know why that is, why people do that. I think, well, no, I have said this before. I think a lot of times people feel like because they had to fight and scrap to get wherever they are, I think Mm -hmm. they feel that like if you're someone that isn't where they are right now, that you're looking to them to kind of like pull them up where you're like, no, it's just, we have a relate. I thought we had a relationship. We know each other. I thought it was like, we're, you know, we're helping each other out, you know? Um, But I think because people feel like they had to just fight for it and no one helped them out, even though everyone eventually gets help. Everybody gets help. Everybody gets help. Right. But they feel like they don't want to be the one to make it easier for you when someone didn't make it easy for them. I think it's that. Yeah, that could possibly be it. Um, but also, you know, in, in, in this situation, the fact that these are people who reached and asked for help, mm. it was given to them mm-hmm. and, um, it's just, and then they want to be known for the person that helps. It's interesting to yeah, say that the least. Interesting. And it's so funny. Cause I was just like, I said, man, this is crazy. And I had to, I had to go back. I had to go back to my DMS on Facebook. And then that's when I saw like, Oh damn, this, these two particular people actually deleted all this conversation. <laughs> oh my gosh. Trying to get rid of, get rid of receipts. Which is, I, I just thought it was funny. So, but it's all good. Like I said. It is. That's weird. Yeah, you know what? Actually, it's not. <laughs> you get all types in this business. That's for sure. And that's the, and that's the thing. It's just like, you know, a lot of times when you're when somebody's giving you the short end of the stick, if somebody is uh, mistreating you, if somebody is slighting you or have slighted you, usually it's not even about you. You know what I'm saying? It's not even about you. It's about them. Right. It's about them. And so that's how you got to just look at it. Like, hey, you know what? This ain't even about me. It's not a reflection of me because I didn't do anything. I didn't do any harm or anything like that. And if, you know, if somebody doesn't want to be reminded of when they actually ask for help and things like that, then, hey, it's all good. Mm-hmm. It's true. Peace. Say that again. I said, I'm at peace. Oh, you're at peace. Yeah. I feel like it, this business is a series of like not taking anything personally. <laughs> right. And I feel like it took me many, many years to get that. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, oh, I get it now. Because you'll just constantly be upset or like annoyed or right. disgruntled or disillusioned. Right. Exactly. So, but uh, thank you, Tony, so much for right. coming the podcast this is great this is so great having you on um i talked about it before reached out to you and so i'm just glad we were able to make it happen yes and i wish you nothing but success Mm -hmm. and i'm just very much looking forward to your projects that you have on tap thank you and i appreciate it and thank you for this little break um so now i gotta get back to getting, (laughs) getting stuff ready for um for the semester and also getting back to cutting this work. But, um, but yeah, this was a much needed break. I appreciate the time. 
and um, keep doing great work that you're doing. Thank you. Thank you for listening. This has been a So Mind Boggling production. Follow along at So Mind Boggling on Instagram and Facebook.